Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and we have a packed podcast today all about redoing your kitchen, about designers, about architects, cooking tips that really don't have anything to do with designing your kitchen, and what's <laughs> making us happy in food this week. So without anything else to say, let's just start. So I want to talk about redoing your kitchen. I mean, a lot of people, oh. uh, well, oh. it, it's a great thing to gag. do. Oh. Well, okay. What made uh, What's making Mark gag is that when we did it, we did it on our own. We didn't hire a designer. We didn't hire an architect. We just did it. No, that is not what's making me gag. What's making me gag is dust. And <laughs> also what's making me gag is that Bruce and I live super remote. So, you know... We live out in the boonies of nowhere. We cannot get any Uber Eats deliveries. We can't get DoorDash deliveries. We can't even get grocery deliveries to our house because we live so remotely. So there was no way I could redo a kitchen and do what most people do, which is, okay, commit to eating out for two months. I don't have that luxury. Oh, yeah, so true. it's really uh, – you, you. I think going into a kitchen – and going into any kind of kitchen remodel project, I think the first thing you have to do is think about your eating out budget because it's not necessarily part of the normal amount of money you spend when you think about redoing a kitchen. It's true. And a lot of people I see on Facebook talk about using their Instant Pot a lot. When yeah. They're remodeling their kitchen so they get even a second Instant Pot. Yeah. And, like so. and they run it in the bathroom or <laughs> whatever because yeah, because it's such a disruption. It's, Bruce and I have lived in the same house for 15 years. And in this remote part of New England, and we have never redone our bathroom, and we both want to. And I, every time I think about it, I shudder at the thought of what it would mean for the chaos for two months to redo the bed. Two months, aren't I optimistic? Well, you know what? Here's the thing: it can take two months, but it can also go quickly. When we redid the kitchen, we didn't hire a designer, we didn't hire an architect, and to be honest, we didn't even hire a contractor. I did all the general contracting, which meant. I hired all the people to do stuff. So we did basically all the legwork a designer did. would do for us because what did. do designers do? Well, uh, design. Uh, wait, can I go back to something else yeah. that I said earlier? I find it so interesting to said, aren't I optimistic? Why don't we say amped I are optimistic? I mean, what's the aren't? Ain't, aren't I? Ain't. I are. Ain't I? No, I well, anyway, amped I. Amped I optimistic. <laughs> okay, so you ask, <laughs> what is I asked it? You, so designers, designer. they okay. show you stuff. Yeah, I mean, designer you, is different than an architect. So let's start there. If you get a kitchen designer, you're talking about somebody who's going to, you know, show you lots of tiles, show you lots of colors, show you lots of cabinet styles, show you lots of appliance styles, right? They're going to go down the list of various things that you can have for your kitchen, and they may put together an overall look. I don't yeah. know, I'm making this up right yeah, now. Yeah. That like an orange wall and a black refrigerator. Ooh, it's a Halloween kitchen. It is. And I don't know. And yellow handles on pink cabinets. It's now getting very yeah, What Mark drunken. is basically talking about are all aesthetic things, right? Yes. You hire a designer for aesthetic and cosmetic upgrades. They're not usually involved in structural and architectural changes, Correct. which is why we were able to do it without a designer because we didn't knock walls down. We didn't change the footprint. So we went to showrooms. We looked at counters to styles. We looked at stones. We looked at tiles. We didn't need to pay a designer to do that for us because 
we had the time to do it. Yeah, we did. And we wanted to do it ourselves. So we drove all, we drove, I don't remember, a couple of hours to a, a place with tons of marble, a marble yard, I don't know, a counter yard. And we chose the marble and we yeah. had them cut it. They came to our house. They measured it then. They cut it. They dropped it in. We did all of that on our own. We chose the handles on our cabinets to match the marble counter that we bought. I mean, marble. I said marble, but that's not true. No, we, we went with granite. granite. And it was sort of a right. green Granite with, with little garnets in it. And so I right. spent endless hours online searching uh, cabinet pole websites. Believe it or not, there are websites that just have thousands of drawer and cabinet poles. And I found these beautiful green glass that matched the green that's in the granite. All that would have been done by a designer if I didn't do it right. myself. Think about it this way. A kitchen designer is like an interior decorator. You hire an interior decorator to help you choose fabrics and carpets and flooring and wall color and those kind of things. And they put together a vision for the room. That's the way a kitchen designer works for a kitchen. That's different than hiring an architect who would blow out your living room right. and put bow windows out and I don't know what and put a deck off one side of it. Right? Well, architects it's are different. Architects know all about structural changes. They move walls right. and even exterior walls so they can help expand your kitchen and they're, they're the ones who could draft structurally sound plans so you can imagine how it'll look. And they, you know, architects also have experience with local building codes where most designers don't. So if you need a permit, the architect will get it for you. Right. And usually if you work with a kitchen architect, you will also work with a kitchen designer. Usually people work with both together. And some kitchen design firms have both they architects do. and designers inside the firm. Because this brings up the whole question that Bruce says uh, about one of the challenges of a DIY why kitchen remodel and that is the problem of a contractor well contractors are the guys that sometimes they do the physical labor themselves they knock down cabinets sometimes. they hang cabinets but usually a general contractor hires the people to do that right and when we decided to redo our kitchen i said to mark i'm going to be the general contractor I'm going to take down the cabinets myself, and I'm going to hire all the people to come, the electrician, the plumber, the counter people. And here's what I did. I scheduled them all to come over two days. It was impossible. And they were scheduled at like hour and 45-minute increments. It was impossible. And guess what? They all showed up they did. on time. I don't know how. One after the other. I and think the, you promised them sex or something. Because <laughs> the honestly, was done in two days. they all showed up at the time. Now, I want to say that this is part of being your own contractor and doing a DIY kitchen remodel is that you have to become a general contractor and you have to find these people and you have to book them and you have to get them there, promising them whatever you have to promise them. And Bruce did a beautiful job on our kitchen. Now, I want to tell a little story. So we were also the general contractors when we added on an outdoor dining porch to the side of our house. We have off our kitchen, we have now a screened in outdoor dining porch for the five months a year in New England when you can be outdoors and eat, <laughs> which is fine. And we did it all ourselves and we got the roof done over it and we got the thing added to the house and at the end we made a gigantic mistake that is we did not hire the right people to do it and get this they forgot to attach <laughs> the dining porch to the house i'm not making this up <laughs> and so the thing was starting to fall off the house and we then had to call yes in fact a general contractor who came back out and fixed what they had messed up it was so bizarre like the two sides uh, that held the screens in <laughs> one had to get 
attached to the house on this side. One had a guest. Yeah. So they started bowing in. The screen started buckling. The There's thing gaps. wasn't attached to the house. It was quite amazing. It so was. that can happen if you <laughs> do a, your own contracting. So you, there are plenty of YouTube videos and plenty of sites to tell you how to be your own general contractor for a kitchen remodel, how to be your own designer, not so much how to be your own architect, but how to do all of these things yourself. But just know that you, there are a lot of variables in there that you might miss. We missed none in our DIY kitchen remodel. We missed a huge one in our dining porch add-on. Now, if you think it's too hoity-toity to get a designer, think about this. Um, a recent study from the National Kitchen and Bath Association, the NKBA. NICBA. Yeah, NICBA. They NICBA. claim that 54% of kitchen remodels people hire designers. That's a lot. So you're not yeah. alone if you decide to go that way. And you can, listen, you can find a designer in a lot of places. You can find them at big box home remodel stores. You know which ones I'm talking about. They have them sometimes on mm -hmm. staff there. It is probably better to do a little research and find a reputable design, uh, a kitchen designer. And the best research you can do is word of mouth, in my opinion. Ask around. Ask what other people have done. Ask what they've done, but also look to see if they have a certification from NICABA, the National Kitchen and Bath Association. Yep. Um, these people complete a professional development program. They pass exams. They maintain their certification by meeting continuing education requirements. So there are layers and levels of designers, some with more experience and more expertise than others. And that is completely different from an architect who has got an architectural degree and an architectural license. Somebody who is adept at, as Bruce said, moving walls, moving windows, changing footprints, remodeling on a much grander scale. And an architect is someone, well, who is also adept at getting permits, which is really important permits. They will. And architects are also trained in design theory. And that goes way beyond the aesthetics of layout. I mean, it, it, they understand movement and flow, and they're trained in that. So if you're worried about, you know, how the traffic flow in your kitchen is going to go from the living room to the kitchen, from the sink to the refrigerator, architects can help with that. Yes. And Almost all architects believe they are designers because they <laughs> because they believe sure. that they have perfect taste. But let me just say up front that an architect is not a designer. And a designer has a more capacious, a larger imagination, a larger sense of color and space. I realize I'm offending every architect out there, but all architects <laughs> think they are designers. They are not necessarily. I'm sure that don't at me. I'm sure there are some architects who are just as good as kitchen designers, but it's different completely. Listen, think about it this way. An architect is a plastic surgeon. A kitchen designer is the woman or the man at the department store who helps you pick out clothes. The personal <laughs> shopper. The personal the shopper. Stylist. Right. Well, it's a, the stylist. Exactly. Yeah, the designer is a stylist. I like that. And the architect is the plastic surgeon. That's, a, that's the whole difference in a nutshell. And you have to think what you want. Because when we redid our kitchen, we didn't want to change the footprint. We didn't want to. We, we had a, um, uh, what am I saying, a window over the sink that we didn't like, but we weren't interested in changing it. Uh, so we kept that window over the sink but we were interested in changing the countertops changing out the appliances putting in a hood and a vent system we were interested in doing all that and that we could figure out how to do on our own 
So don't be afraid to do it on your own. If it's something you want to do, know that if you hire a designer, you're probably going to add 10 to 20% to the total cost. Probably add a lot more than that if you're hiring yeah, an architect. You can, but You can figure 50 to 100% with an architect. But you need to get the right people. If that's you, that's great. If you need help, go for it because you're going to live with that kitchen for a long time. And don't forget that if you DIY it, there is no one to blame but yourself. So when <laughs> you get the end of the kitchen and you think, oh, my gosh, I didn't like this. Or, oh, my gosh, I wish I had. There is no recourse. You're or, on oh, my God, own. the cabinets have not been attached to the house. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay, up. Segment two. Before we move on to the next segment, let's just say that it would be fantastic if you could rate this podcast. Drop down to the bottom of the Apple page, the Google page. You'll find analytics there. You can drop a comment. That would be so helpful. Thank you for that. We're doing a lot of work. So, uh, hey, return the favor and just do a little work for us. Drop a comment there. It really would help us. Our one-minute cooking tip. Take it away. Buy a cut-resistant safety glove for cutting, slicing, and peeling, not just for using a mandolin. If you don't know what these are, these are gloves that cannot necessarily be cut by a blade. Get a level five. That's, they come in various levels. Level five is the big one, and um, that's the one you want, If especially if you have sharp knives. They are the best thing to avoid cuts in the kitchen. Let me just say that we did a cooking demo once. Bruce was not using a glove, not that he necessarily should, but he picked up a vegetable peeler and basically took the entire skin off the outside of his thumb in the middle of a cooking demo. There's nothing that ruins a can cooking demo like a counter full of blood. So get yourself a cut-resistant glove for all your cutting and slicing. And needs. who makes these kind of things? Where can you find them? I got mine on Amazon. Okay. The big evil Amazon. The big evil Satan. So you can try it at Amazon. You can try it at all kinds of kitchenware stores. I bet even hardware stores would have them. I bet so too. And before we get to the next segment, please go to our Facebook page, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Join the page. Join the fun. Lots of conversation. Uh, pictures of all sorts of food we're making. And we share recipes. So come. Facebook, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Up next, segment three, Bruce's interview with Yes Kitchen designer, Bill Mickelson. Today I'm talking to Bill Mickelson. He is a kitchen designer at Vogo Cabinets in Denver, Colorado. Bill has studied cooking at the Culinary Institute of America and interior design at the Art Institute of Colorado. Before he got into kitchen design, Bill worked at some of the finest kitchens in New York City, including Fleur de Sel and Blue Hill. Welcome, Bill. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bill, you have the perfect combination of being a trained chef and understanding interior design. So let me ask you right off the top, how has your experience as a trained chef in New York restaurants helped you understand what works well in a home kitchen? One thing you learn quickly in restaurants is organization, space utilization, you know, flow. You know, how you set up your kitchen can either make you exert lots of energy or save you lots of energy. And every kitchen's different, but as the, the kitchens get smaller, you learn that a lot of this is organization and stuff is, is important. I'm fascinated already by that first answer. I expected you to say there was a huge difference, but it seems there's a lot in common. Yeah, inherently they're very different. I mean, you're not going to obviously have a walk-in refrigerator at home or you're not going to have a huge run of 
stoves and ovens, but the inherent functionality of what you're doing can translate. Even if you're working in a big kitchen or even more so in a big kitchen, you don't want to be wasting time running around. And at home, you can generally have some control over that depending on how you organize things. What's a common problem you find when you start to work with a new client on redoing a kitchen? One funny one is I find that most architects and even home people, they, they all want to stick the fridge in a corner. People don't always tend to remember is that most refrigerators, the doors open 120 degrees or something. And if you, you stuff it in a corner, you can't open one of the doors all the way. And depending on the fridge you get, some fridges, you can't even pull everything out if the door is only open 90 degrees. So that's one I, I see happen all the time. A lot of times architects, you know, they'll be designing the house so they can kind of lay out the plumbing and the electrical, but they're not all thinking about your kitchen design. So they'll just default to what's easy. So architects, in your opinion, tend to think of infrastructure rather than necessarily final use. I guess it depends on the architect. Some do have a knowledge of how to set up a kitchen and they may help you with that. Others assume you might be going to a designer after them. And so they just kind of leave it very bare bones in the assumption that someone else is going to help you dial it into what you want or what you may need. What makes for good flow in a kitchen? That's the funny thing is every every kitchen is going to be different. And so you know, they talk about the the triangle is a, is a big kind of thing that gets thrown around. That's basically like the sink, the fridge, and the range. You know, you kind of want those things a semi-close proximity, ideally. There's a certain dimension that, uh, to be honest, I don't remember offhand anymore because the, the truth is most kitchens, it, it doesn't really work in most of them. But the basic idea is you don't want your range on one side of the kitchen and your fridge all the way at the other end. So every time you need something, you got to walk all the way to the other side of the kitchen. You go to the fridge, you grab some vegetables, whatever you go to the sink, you wash them and you go over to the stove to cook them. So if you're having to walk all over the place to do that, it's, it can be exhausting. I know that you personally have a small kitchen. So what have you done to maximize space? For us being ex-professional chefs, we have a ton of stuff, so much stuff. <laughs> A lot of it you never use or very rarely use. So I think the first thing we kind of did was identified what things we didn't need to use on a necessarily like a daily or even a weekly basis got put in bins and they're kind of down in the basement. And what's in the kitchen is, is things you know you're going to use, need. And so if you're going to be redoing your kitchen, that's something I, I try to tell people to think about what you have. Where is it going to go in the new kitchen? I think keeping clutter down is a great idea. If you have everything out, it's too crowded. You can't even see what you have. Yeah. And oh, a small space, it fills up quick. I want it away. Just take it out when you need it. Bill, I want to ask you about materials and kitchen. What do you find clients are really looking for these days? Is it still granite and natural stone? I would say quartz is probably the predominant material I see people kind of go with or like a Corian type material. In general, people seem to be kind of steering away from the the classic look. And going back to that refrigerator that you claim people like to shove in the corner, what's your personal opinion? Side by side or freezer on the bottom? I prefer side by side. Why? I guess the drawer ones, you end up just piling everything in there. So every time you want something, you got to dig around for it. Everything's just jammed in there. And so to like find something, you're constantly like having to pull stuff out. And I feel like the side by sides kind of offer you a little bit more organizational storage versatility where you can open the doors, you can see things. You're not necessarily just cramming everything in there. What's some advice you have for anybody thinking of redoing their kitchen? I want to say one, like give yourself some time, plan it out. Don't try to rush it. You know, there's this mad dash of people this past month or so like, oh, we want to be in and done by Thanksgiving. It's like, 
I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. You know, just don't set your date on on an event that you're trying to beat because chances are you're you're not going to. That'll take some of the stress out. My other thing would be put your money where it's going to do you personally the most good. Someone might be more important to them to have really nice cabinets or, you know, like custom doors of some sort and maybe they don't cook. So instead of putting the money into an expensive range that you're not going to use and put it towards the doors. Another point I would tell someone is aim high, put all the bells and whistles, put everything you want in there that even if you don't think you can afford it, get it all in there because it's going to be a lot easier to take away than it is to try to start at the lowest budget possible and then just realize they're just going to have to keep adding and adding and adding. And then suddenly you realize that it's costing you a lot more than you thought. So I'd rather know the high end and, and work backwards. Hey, Bill Mickelson from Vogo Kitchen in Denver. Thanks for your suggestions and advice and for speaking to us about kitchen renovations on Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Thanks. Anytime. Okay, there you go. I mean, my gosh, how much can Bill tell us about kitchen design? How much more can we know about architects versus kitchen designers? You are ready now, well prepared to redesign your kitchen. So finally, the last segment, always our last segment, what's making us happy in food this week? And Bruce is going to start off. This week, what's making me happy are smoked scallops. Mm. A few episodes ago, Mark talked about raw scallops oh. and how happy those made him. Those were amazing. Well, on that same trip to Maine, we picked up a package of smoked scallops from Duck Trap with their in Maine. They're, they're base little, scallops, right? They're little base scallops, yeah. and they're, it tastes like fish bacon. They're so good. They are. In fact, last night we were having some with drinks. Last night was Bruce's and my 25th anniversary together. Amazing. And we were having some with some champagne, these smoked scallops. And I said, you know, I would love to try these instead of eggs, lox, and onions, eggs, smoked scallops scallops and onions i can't even mm. say it eggs smoked scallops and onions that would be amazing oh that was so good so what's making you happy this okay week? well what's making me happy in this week uh is what happened after we had the smoked scallops which is we had hen of the wood mushrooms mm. if you don't know about hen of the wood or chicken of the wood mushrooms they are well giant uh what almost leafy mushrooms so they're called mayatakis right in, Jap- in japan they're referred to as mayatakis right the mayatakis we have a friend who has an oak stump. Is it a stump that they grow all around? It is a around? stump, and it's surrounded by moss, and they grow in about a five-foot perimeter around this stump. And so uh, once a year, she allows Bruce to come over and harvest. And yesterday, he must have harvested what? Ten pounds. Oh, my gosh. So many out of the woods. But we have them now. And I had mine just sautéed in butter with garlic. And it was so mushroomy. I mean, I sat there. We sat there drinking our champagne and eating our smoked scallops. And the whole kitchen smelled of mushrooms before they were even cooked. They have the most mushroomy distinct smells and they're kind of meaty they have Mm, a great chewy texture tonight i'm braising them tonight i'm braising them in homemade marinara and we're going to eat that over polenta with lots of parmesan cheese Mm. tomorrow we're doing hen of the wood mushrooms braised with oxtails and i read somewhere about someone roasting them which kind of freaked me out because they are so especially when they get large they can get super meaty and they can actually get tough which means they need a long braise which is thus the oxtails the big ones i they are just so delicious we're going to be eating them all week so that's our show this week lots about kitchens and redos and how to redos and architects and home designers and interviews and 
Wow, cutting gloves and mushrooms, and I don't know. It was a big show. So (laughs) So subscribe to this podcast and come back next week because you don't want to miss another episode of the magazine format, Podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark.